welcome back to episode 8 of Knights of the Dawn podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Megan. And we are here to today talk about chapters 5 through 10 of Rise of the e- Fablehaven, Rise of the Evening Star. Um, we're actually really excited for this one because we got a very updated cast since our last segment, so this should be very interesting. Yeah, we got a lot of new people, mm-hmm. hence the name of the chapter 5, New Arrivals. <laughs> yeah, so we're going through five new arrivals, seven, uh, six Tanu, apparently I don't know how to count, um, seven the dungeon, eight Coulter, nine the Sphinx, and ten an uninvited guest. Yes, and so last when we left off, Vanessa had come to save the kids from the Evening Star, the society, because they were closing in on them, and she drove them through the night to get to Fablehaven. And so this is when they get to Fablehaven, like, well into the night, Mm -hmm. the same night that they left their house, like, two hours later or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning, they start meeting the new people, and first they already met Vanessa, and then they meet the two others, Tanu and Coulter. Who are also like new people at Fablehaven. Yes. And do we want to jump in right now as to why they're there? Sure. Because I mean, I mean, we, that's we what cha- chapter it, five gets yeah. right into it. Yeah, that's true. Gets right into the meat All of right, the story. All right. So, Grandpa and Grandma take Kendra and Seth like breakfast as soon as they get in there, get to uh, Fablehaven. And I find it very amusing that Seth is treating this as, like, Christmas morning. Like, he's, like, waking up Kendra, like, come on, let's go, let's go, he's let's like, go. let's get up, let's get up, let's go. <laughs> like, we got some like, juicy answers. details to learn. Yes. <laughs> he's like, I've been waiting a year for this. Basically. Back, in the, back in the action. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so um, they get the answers where, so they find out that, well, first off, Tanu, Coulter, and Vanessa are there to look for the artifact that was mentioned in the first book. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing that makes Fablehaven special because of like all the preserves, Fablehaven is a secret preserve because on it, it has a hidden key to a demon prison called Zizix. Or how do you pronounce it? Zizix? I pronounce that Y with an E sounds. Or Zizix? That sounds pretty cool too. Zizix, I'm sorry, I will not ever say Zizix. I'm sorry, I... Okay, well, I listened to the audiobooks. <laughs> and there's our weekly okay, if we ever get disagreement to, on pronunciation. If we ever get to, like, interview Brandon Mole, give, come with a list of <laughs> words, and we will ask him how they're supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> I know you're probably going to win, but it doesn't change what I because I mean, I know he probably told the uh, the person who reads on the audiobook how he would pronounce them. It's kind of why I feel confident in all my answers. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care. This is fifteen you plus years. You can have your thing. It'll just be confusing to our listeners because we'll be saying two different things. But that's okay. The demon prison. The demon prison. Named Zizek's. but okay. So yes, yeah, so, so there's five secret preserves, each with an artifact hidden there. To keep the demon prison closed, because if it opened, it would be Bad. Armageddon, you know, the end of the world. And so... It's been closed for, what, thousands of years at this point is what they something say? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And Fablehaven is one of the secret preserves, which a lot of people aren't supposed to know about. But Tanu... also still seems to know about. Yeah. Tanu, Coulter, and Vanessa have been sent there to find the artifact, and so that's part of why they're there. To look for it, but they have no idea really where it is Mm -hmm. because it is, well, hidden. And so they're kind of trying to investigate and figure out where it is. And they don't know exactly what the 
artifacts are. They just have like vague Very descriptions. <laughs> um, let me find where they like talk about it. So Kendra and Seth are like, oh, what are they? And so grandpa says, we don't really know, but one grants power over space, another over time. A third grants, un- grants unlimited sight. A fourth can heal any ailment and one bestows immortality. The details have been deliberately shouted in mystery, Grandma said. The magic they wield is greater than any we know, Grandpa said. So they're very mysterious. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when I was reading it, I was like, you know, the society is trying to gather all of the infinity stones to <laughs> open Zizix. <laughs> You're not wrong. That is very much the vibe. Yes. I do really like how, like, this entire chapter is, like, covered in, like, shrouded in mystery, like... Yeah. Because, like, every like everything is, like, secrets, like... Every single one of these, A, new pe- characters have secrets from each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, Seth and Kendra are told to keep secrets from the new arrivals. Like, Grandma and Grandpa don't certain, know certain things. Like, everything in this chapter revolves around secrets. I'd say That's in this true. book. That's true. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize that. Like, this book is very much more mystery-oriented than any of the other ones. Because... Like, later on, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. It's implied that there is a spy in the house. Mm-hmm. Because Vanessa... Okay, so, quick overview. Vanessa specializes in magical creatures. Yeah. Tanu rec- specializes in potions. Mm-hmm. And Coulter specializes in magical items. Yep. They're all very good at what they do. <clears throat> However, one morning, they all wake up, and Vanessa reveals that somebody had released... Because she swears that she had locked the cage, somebody re- released Truman's... These little creatures that yeah. would normally be very poisonous, yeah, but that she had like she had naturalized neutralized their venom. Mm-hmm. But she's like she comes in saying nobody would have known that. She's also like I didn't open the cage. Like somebody opened the page did. cage, and because they could not have known that their venom was neutralized, that is not that was an attempted murder. Yes. Like I would uh. be dead now if I had not like if if they had been wild specimens it's true very suspicious behaviors going mm-hmm. on and it's and all so, shady and like coulter talks to seth and kendra and he reveals two of his most potent magical items mm-hmm. the invisible invisibility glove yeah that only works when you hold still which is still pretty cool and also his safety cocoon that would yeah. like perform create a protective barrier that he could survive in yes and so like he's revealing secrets tanu is like Tano seems to be more of the open one. Yeah, Tani's just like, oh, I'm just here. I'm good at potions. <laughs> he's, I'm a big guy. He's a big Samoan. He's yeah, cool. He's pretty cool. Yeah, I, just, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, no, that's true. There are a lot of, like, secrets. And as the book goes on, it's just, like, it just keeps building, honestly. And you're, like, the characters are, like, what what is actually true? Who can I trust? And that's kind of, like, a big theme of mm-hmm. this is because, you know. And, like, there's a secret of, like, them going to see the Sphinx, mm. even, too. And Coulter wasn't supposed to know that, but then he finds out because he heard them talking about it. But and that's same, one of his big lessons. Yeah, and at the same time, he then, uh, therefore, cert- um, concretes his credibility yeah. by going directly to Grandpa Sorensen and being uh-huh. like, hey, I found out about this, yeah. just so you know. Props to Kendra also for coming clean directly about that. It's true. Like, unprompted. Mm-hmm. And um, Seth's trying to, like... You know, for as much as he knows that Kendra <laughs> will tell his secrets, he still tells her. Yeah, like, he has a secret of selling batteries to the 
to the satyrs, and <laughs> so then she goes behind his back to tell grandma, and grandma's like, ooh, don't tell your grandpa. <laughs> She's like, you know, I guess it'll be fine, but... Like, grandma's like, it's not, I, I would prefer if you didn't, but it's harmless overall. Yeah. But she still She, kinda, like, gets him. <laughs> when they're in the dungeon, yeah, that so, was so funny. Yeah, grandma is, like, trying, I think they're trying to, like sate like Seth's inherent desire for like ex- like exploring adventure. and adventure. Yeah, they're like we have like we know he's gonna want to do things, so we have to do them in a controlled environment. True, <laughs> so that he doesn't like give him what he wants in just small cl- like controlled ways, so that he doesn't go off the rails because he is like desperate for adventure. Yeah, so they take him down to the dungeon, and. At one point, what does the grandma say? She's like, yeah, and like she's <coughs> describing all the prisoners. She's like, we also have down here a groundskeeper who is serving his time for trading batteries to the satyrs. Seth. Seth says, how long is a sentence? Oh, no. Kendra asks, how long is a sentence? And grandma's like, 50 years. By the time he gets out, he'll be in his 80s. And I just Seth, love, like, Seth stopped walking. Are you serious? <laughs> grandma, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kendra, like, totally I love how she's like, Kendra's like, told, I never said I'd take, I'd keep it a secret. Uh-huh. Like, you, you brought this, you told me this of your own free will. I said nothing about whether or not I would keep it to, uh, mm-hmm. to myself. She's like, I'll, I'm doing this for your own good, basically. Yes. And also, like, she's like, I'll, I know you, so I'll let you do certain things, but only after I clear them to make sure you're not going to die doing them. Yeah. True. She's like, I, I get the feeling she was kind of checking, like, she's like, hey, um, so Seth's trying to trade batteries with the, with the satyrs. Is that going to kill him? No, but let's mess with him anyways. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to, like, offset the risk, I mm-hmm. guess, of being like, Seth is doing something that he's not supposed to. Is it going to get him in, like, bad trouble? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I, I just love how Grandma's like, just don't tell your grandfather. <laughs> like, we, he doesn't need to know about this. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, be honest. The last book would have gone much differently if Grandma hadn't been a chicken. True. <laughs> That's so true. Speaking of which, we get back around towards that. As to what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. But in order to go over that, we have to go back a little bit because we meet Warren, Dale's brother. And so we love Warren. We love Warren. (laughs) We love Warren so much, which is not, it's not really apparent why right now, but we love him. Well, and it's so cute, like, and, like, what one of our commenters said that, like, Dale was, like, their favorite character because Warren and Dale's, because of their relationship. And you get, you got to see it right here, even though Warren, he is in this, like, what's called, like, a catatonic state where, like, he, like, doesn't really respond to anything and he's, like, turned albino, so he's, he's, like... His skin, skin is, is completely white and like they don't know what happened to him. He just was like adventuring and came back one day like this, unable to communicate, unable to like do anything. He just like showed up. And this was like two years ago. White and so too. yeah. And so Dale has been taking care of him like every day. And it's so cute because at the end, I think I remember if it's Seth or Kendra. Here, you wanna read it? Yeah. And so um like they they bring Seth and Kendra to the to the cabin because Tanu has yeah. been experimenting with his potions to see if he can help Warren. Mm-hmm. Like it's been years and like they've exhausted almost every single avenue. And but they do get a glimmer of light because Kendra is briefly able to help him. Yes, like just because like her fairiness. Yeah, like, her her fairy magic. Yeah, touch like when she touched him, he kind of revived a little bit more. He kind of he responded. Yes, and like Dale was like, "This is amazing! Like I'm loving. Like I I'm I, I'm so excited. It's giving him hope. So again. much hope. And so." But I love this line so much. Yeah. As they're heading out, Seth asks, what'll you do if you can't find a way to cure him? 
Dale paused. I'll never know that day has come because I'll never stop trying. That's okay. That's when like Dale was just like that that's was the Dale peak of Dale finest. right there. That's Dale at That was finest. one of the best lines. I will say Dale doesn't do a lot, but he has some really good lines. Yeah, can we give him it's a round like, of applause just for that one? Yes, Dale. Best brother award. Like <laughs> that's so sweet. I that, love that so much. That line right I I had forgotten about that line, but so now I feel I. like it's like ingrained in my brain. It's like, a really good I'll never stop trying. Just like he he will not give up on his brother. Just mm-hmm. so sweet. So, yeah, Grandma had been turned into a chicken because in the dungeon they have a djinn, which can grant, like, wishes, but you have to, like, have some sort of, like, interview or something with it. You have to, like, I think, you have to answer, you have three, to answer three questions. questions and you cannot lie or else it gets set free. You have to answer, otherwise yeah. you get, like, it stays in prison. The djinn stays imprisoned. But it can retaliate. And so what Grandma was thinking is, like, she knows that the djinn is down there in the dungeon. And yeah. Warren is in this catatonic state where she, he cannot take care of himself. Yeah. And so she's like, maybe the djinn can help. And so mm-hmm. she very carefully prepares and goes into this interview with the djinn, but gets tricked or gets, well, there's it something like, she can't answer. Yeah. And so, like, the, she the, doesn't djinn answer. Asks, the djinn is a mastermind. Like, that is the best question you could ever ask. Mm-hmm. He asks, like, what question... Would you not be willing? Would you to not answer? be willing to answer? Yeah. And and she thought she thought of everything, but then something came to mind, which we still don't know. That's true. She doesn't say what it is ever. Nope. Which makes me mad. It's honestly a good thing if if she wouldn't tell the gin, she shouldn't tell Seth. <laughs> but because she's like she refuses to answer that question because now that she knows that there's something she can't answer, the gin turns her into a wood chicken, and therefore dooms Fablehaven to raucousness and. Chaos when Seth is let loose. <laughs> and Grandma's a chicken and cannot reel it in. Indeed. Because, like, like, they talk about, like, the how dangerous that gin is because they are talking about, like, just to get into the cell, it needs three keys and a word. Yeah. Seth goes, what word? Kendra. Two words. Dream on. <laughs> Kendra's like, why would she tell you? <laughs> you Kendra are not responsible. I love it so much. It's such a great sibling moment. Just like, <laughs> dream on. Like, you think that you'd actually, like, come on, come on. Mm-hmm. And then later on that page, we also, they talk about this other cell kind of thing. It's called the quiet box mm. where it holds a prisoner and they don't even know who is in there. It's, like, been the same person for as long as they know. And so there's just, like, all these different, like, dangerous prisoners in the dungeon, you know, just chilling down there and... Just kind of, I mean, yeah, it does satiate Seth's like intrigue. It was just like, man, there's like a lot of stuff in here that is dangerous. Like, just another reminder that Fablehaven is a little more dangerous than you might think. Aside from that, though, we start to kind of get to know our ex- our new cast members. Yeah, <laughs> Vanessa, the cast of characters. Coulter and Tan- and Tanu. Mm-hmm. And so Vanessa, we just get a quick thing with her and Kendra. Yeah, they're doing like research and yeah. stuff. Um, Tanu, we kind of find out a little bit of his history. Like, he comes from a very long line of potion masters mm-hmm. where they, like, like he has, like, these things called bottled-up emotions that he mm-hmm. tests. Yeah. He can, and, like, like, mix them and, like, make people, like, feel different ways and stuff. Yeah. And so, and then also, like, we get to know T- Coulter a little bit. Coulter, he, he gets a bit more personality. Coulter's chapter is... Interesting. Interesting. It's mm-hmm. fun because, like... I like I was writing down like descriptions of all of them 
And for Coulter, my first thing that I wrote down is crotchety old man. Because <laughs> he is. Like, like he's, like, one of Grandpa's oldest friends. But, like, he, he's a crotchety old man. Like, he makes, like, comments. I'm just like, yeah, you are just, like, probably, like, 70-something. <laughs> well, he's, like, trying to interact with, like, Seth and Kendra. Yeah. And, like, he just feels, like, on, like, anything more than just, like, a teacher-student, like, relationship. It just... It doesn't work. No. When he no. tries to be, like, you know, it's not unnatural for teenage girls to get pimples and Kendra's like please stop please stop please stop <laughs> like like she's just like like because she, she was like under the influence of yeah of the drugs potion. Not of the drugs <laughs> <laughs> of, of, of a potion that Tano had given her and culture reveals that he had been there like as like part of an object lesson he was yeah. sitting there with his invisible glove and so he heard Kendra being insecure and Kendra's like, I promise I'm fine. And then Seth's just like <laughs> laughing Over here the whole time. Dying. He's just dying. He's like, ha ha. Uh, You're uh, embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. And we also, though, we, and I feel like, because Grandma had mentioned this as well when she was introducing them. She was like, oh, Kendra yeah. might have some problems with Coulter. Because Coulter is a very old-fashioned, gentleman, chivalrous Person. kind of guy. Yes. And I think it's because I looked it up. This book came out in like 2007, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's very very new and compare and like, and so like, it has that kind of like perspective, but like, we have like nowadays there are many many debates on like feminism. But yeah, this yeah. is 2007. I just looked it up, and like it's just it's very interesting to see it <coughs> tackled. In this, in like, in this, this facet of <laughs> the way that it's aged is what you're trying yes. to say. Because <laughs> I mean, like, I was seven when this book came out. I yeah. didn't, I wasn't really aware of the. I wasn't thinking about feminism when I was sexism. seven years old. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's just interesting to see that like brought up and yeah That's addressed. Kind of in That's here. true. And I think it's done in a very mature way. Yeah. Like, it's not bad. I think it gives more to Coulter's character. I mean, it makes sense because he's like. An older man, he's going to have more traditional views, typically. And, you know, I don't feel bad for calling him a bit sexist. Like, because it is. And I think he realizes that. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, uh, yeah. He's like, I know I'm old-fashioned. I know I have that, that kind of thing. But I just, I believe, he says, I feel that there are places that a woman should not go. Mm-hmm. It is not because he believes they are less capable. Yeah. Really is what he says. It's not belief. He doesn't believe they're intelligent or able. Yeah. And he's not going to, like, prevent. Like, he says to Kendra, like, I will not take you to a certain place that I might take your brother, but I will not prevent you from coming if somebody else wants to take you. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to prevent Grandma Sorensen. He's not going to prevent Vanessa from going yeah. anywhere. Yeah, because he's like, oh, they're capable. But he does not believe a young girl should go to certain places, and he's going to abide by that. And, and not because they're not intelligent, but there's a certain, what he says here is, I just feel there's a certain respect with which a lady should be treated. And for me, that makes him more of a believable character mm-hmm. because he does kind of makes him feel his age, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so even though the feminist in me is like, no, that's sexist, but I'm like, ah, it's also a fake character. You know, it's just a character. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think it's fine. Coulter is kind of meant to represent like just people who just have that old fashioned and like Kendra handles it. And I think in a very like, like she doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like how it gets her riled up. She's mm-hmm. like, well, I'll go do it. Even if you don't want me to just mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, you go Kendra. <laughs> yeah. Because at the same time later on, like they bring something up and Coulter says, I'm going to do something and I will take Seth, but I don't want to take Kendra. Yeah. 
And and Kendra's like, great, thanks a lot. And then they explain what it is. He's going to sacrifice a buffalo <laughs> to a fog giant to be eaten alive. And then Seth, well, in the, and when he says that, Seth is like, awesome. But then later, when it's actually happening, Seth didn't like Seth it. Seth has to look away because he's like, oh, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Kendra's like, okay, I don't, I would not want to see that. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that she's being told that yeah. she can't see it. Yeah. I see both sides of the argument here. Yeah. But Kendra stands up for herself, and I'm like, yeah, you go. Yeah, you go, girl. You, you got it. You got it, girl. But yeah, I do think that does a good job of giving like culture just a little bit more. Yeah. A more a little bit more character. A little more rounded character. Mm-hmm. He has some flaws. Yeah. But he's still pretty cool. Yeah, no, he's still capable. I really like the first of all, the object lesson that he gives them where like he tells them to meet him by like the fountain and then he like show quote unquote shows up late and like listens to their um like basically like spies on them and then he like reveals himself once they like start talking about the sphinx and he's like and this is lesson number one basically mm-hmm. don't ever believe that you're alone until you know until girl. you know and so then he's like showing them like his glove that you mentioned that when you like are completely still keeps you invisible and then he has this like other ball or something that like acts as like, ball. like a distractor ball where he puts in the fountain and whatever you do, you're not supposed to be able to, like, pick it up or anything, basically. And so when Seth goes and tries it, he totally gets distracted. It works completely on him. But when Kendra goes to do it, she can pick it up just fine. Mm-hmm. And then they discover one of her new powers, which is she's not affected by distractor spells, mm-hmm. which is interesting. another interesting power. Mm-hmm. Very handy. Yeah, so, like, Coulter's, like, yeah, I love how flabbergasted yeah. Coulter gets. <laughs> and, like, he's, like, wait a second. No, 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 no. You could... Don't, he's like, don't put it back. that's not possible. <laughs> and then Kendra gets a <coughs> She, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she, she, like he brings it back and Coulter's just staring at her like, how on earth did you do that? And Kendra's like, I don't know. I thought I was just a girl. And I'm like, go girl. <laughs> She's like, oh, pretty good for a girl, right? And Coulter's like, it's not about that. It's about the fact that you should not have been able to pick that up. He's like, no, really? How did you do that? <laughs> yeah. And I love how that's, like, used as, like, an explanation of, like, how people don't just find Fable Haven or any of the other preserves. Yeah. It's because they're all protected by these distractor spells. Yeah. If you focus on trying to get to them, it will, like, the magic will automatically turn you away. Mm-hmm. Like, Seth's trying to get And you won't even know you're going the wrong way. Yeah. The, the ball's on the lawn. Seth's trying to get it. He ends up picking grass and coming back and being like, what? Like, and, like, he completely, like, forgets mm-hmm. that it was even a thing. He's like, oh, yeah, right. He slaps his head a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then after Kendra does it, he's like, wait, I bet I could do it. Like, <laughs> And fails again. And they can't. <laughs> and um, then I love at the end of this, like, chapter, they start talking about the changes that have happened with Hugo. Mm. They're talking about how when Hugo was remade by the fairies, they what they think happened is that they made him a true golem, which means that he does have a bit of, like, free will. And so like, he's starting to, like learn to do things for himself which he's is really interesting sentience. yeah so like he's not just like a robot that will go do everything well he'll still like go do everything but now he can like start to think for himself he's still obedient but like he's able to like make choices make decisions mm-hmm. for himself and they're trying to foster that they're like okay now go hang out with hugo and help teach it's, him it's playtime it's like they're yeah. literally playing with a toddler <laughs> and there's like one of the funniest scenes Right here where, let's, let me find it. And so he says, 
They're looking at flowers and like Kendra's like, oh, which one's your favorite? And then and Seth is like, oh, do we have to look at flowers? Let's do something <laughs> exciting. And then Seth says, great. Seth said, you're very sensitive and artistic. <laughs> now, how about we go have some fun? Why don't you go jump in the pool? I bet you can make the best cannonballs. Referring to Hugo? Hugo crossed and uncrossed his hands, indicating that he did not like that idea. He's made of dirt, Kendra said. Use your brain. And rock and clay, I thought it would just make him sort of muddy. And clog up the filter. You should have Hugo throw you in the pool. The golem turned his head towards Seth, who shrugged. Sure, that would be fun. Hugo <laughs> nodded, grabbed Seth, and with a motion like a hook shot, flung him skyward. Kendra gasped. They were th- still 30 or 40 feet away from the edge of the pool. She had pictured the golem carrying Seth much closer before tossing him. Her brother sailed nearly as high as the roof of the house. Which is two stories at the very least. Before plummeting down and landing in the center of the deep end with an impressive splash. Kendra landed to the side of the pool. By the time she arrived, Seth was boosting himself out of the water, his hair and clothes dripping. That was the freakiest, awesomest moment of my life, Seth, Seth declared. But next time, let me take off my shoes. See, interesting fact, when I read that, I'm like, I see Seth just like staring like slack jawed like kind of like <laughs> voice trembling like that was the freakiest yeah. thing of my life he's like what just let me take off my shoes next time because that's just, his priority it's so funny i would love to see that scene where he he just like picks him up and just chucks literally him. chucks him with perfect aim by the way <laughs> and he like sails like higher than the house and kendra's just like oh no and like i what, didn't mean for that to happen what better way to communicate that how like Hugo is like because usually he would need an order to do that. Yeah, and, like Seth and Kendra don't usually have the power to order him, but now he's making these decisions. Like they're just supposed to have fun, mm-hmm. and to Hugo, he's like, "Oh, that would help them have fun." And so he doesn't have that like he doesn't think to as take much him closer. Yet. He doesn't have as much yeah. judgment yet. He yeah. just he's still kind of in that order response mindset. He's still like a little child, basically. Yeah. And so, like, he wouldn't think to take him closer. He's like, oh, throw you in the pool? Sure. He knows he can, so he does. Yeah. It's so good. I love Hugo. It's so great. He's so great. And he's, uh, like, as he starts getting sentience, he's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> the next chapter, chapter nine, we have our next, well, new character. We've heard about him before. It's the Sphinx. So the Sphinx is, like... This, I don't know to describe him, like, the wise old man? Not really, like, old, though, because they don't really know where he comes he's from. He's, like, the, he, like, like, helps the omnipresent, everyone. omniscient character yeah. who's just kind of always there in the background. Yeah. They say that, like, they don't really know if he's even human because, yeah. like, he's been around since, like, the 12th century. Mm-hmm. But he just, like, helps the caretakers and, like people who are like on preserves and stuff and so he's just constantly moving constantly yeah doing things and like around this time we find out that he's most recently been helping out in brazil because the secret preserve there Mm -hmm. has fallen yeah and like they have no contact with anybody inside like yeah they they even said that maddox went to go try and find the artifact and they've lost contact with maddox Uh and so and so like he's like yeah i've been doing ground control there but like it just seems like like he's per, like he just he just permeates like he's everything. Just, yeah, he has all his fingers in all the pies, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, everyone like trusts him because he like kind of knows everything, mm-hmm. basically. So yeah, they go to see the Sphinx because they want to know about Kendra's 
powers and they want to know more about what they can do to help Seth. Seth's part, uh, Kendra's part, mm-hmm. um, the Sphinx identifies very quickly. Everybody thought she was just very struck because, like, she was exhibiting some of the signs. But apparently the Sphinx takes one look at her and he says, nope, you're very kind. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, thanks. I like to think I'm a very kind person myself. <laughs> no, but I'm um, like, fa- like, he's like, no, very kind. Like F-A-I-R-Y space or not, no, no not space. space. K-I-N-D. K-I-N-D. <laughs> so she is of the same kind as the fairies. And fairy kind is even less common than being fairy struck. Yeah, and it gives like, you like more powers mm-hmm. basically too. Like he says, like, I think this is the first time this has happened in like a thousand years. Like he's like, I've never met anybody who was fairy kind. It was like but I know the signs. Of. Yeah. And she's like, oh, great. Now <laughs> to know that's even, I'm even less common, like even more weird. Because <laughs> apparently like she, like, because we remember at the end of the first book, she tested the elixir, <clears throat> like trying to like, when she was trying to garner support, like she's like, yeah. Mm, tasty from your queen you should you yeah. should drink it mm, tastes so good and the fairies copied her and started turning into giant amazon goddesses yeah but um apparently because she tasted that elixir which was made from the tears of the fairy queen i think would be the most yeah volatile the, the ingredient yeah um she's like they were so the Sphinx is like yeah you would have died yeah in a torturous like excruciating way and she's like it's like, oh, great. Right. So, yeah, the fairies, like, saved her life by sharing their magic with them, and that's how she became fairy kind. Mm-hmm. Which means, among other things, she can't, she's not affected by mind control, control, including distractor spells. She doesn't need the milk. She doesn't need the milk. She can recharge depleted magical yes. items with just her touch. That's what the Sphinx, like, tells her is probably, like, the biggest reason that the, the society. society is going after her. And then she also, like, a chapter or two before, she found out that she can, like, speak different languages mm-hmm. that are not English that are related to the fairy language. Sylvian, I believe. Yeah. And um, and she just, keep, like, throughout this book, I think, is when she discovers most of her powers. I think we've got another one or two to... It's been, like, every chapter. She's like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. Just, like, new things coming out of a hat. Like, mm-hmm. all these powers coming out. Yeah. So that's cool. I just remembered something Go about the Sphinx. He knew that Kendra read the letter from the first book because mm. it, like, marked her. Yeah. He mentions that. That's another mark for her. him being just kind of, like, like omniscient. Like, he just knows everything. Yeah. And he's like, which one of my letters did you read? And she's like, uh, the one that you sent to my grandpa. Like, she's kind of like, how do you know that? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's fine then. Be glad yeah. you didn't do it evilly. Otherwise, it would have killed you. Otherwise, it would have turned into a snake and, you know, killed you. And she's <laughs> like, great. Hey, yeah. Thanks. Perfect. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I love how they have, like, such a long conversation, and then we kind of switch to Seth's conversation, (laughs) and the Sphinx kind of goes, yeah, you're screwed. You're cursed. (laughs) Okay, because basically, because Seth fed the little frog statue. Yes. The the statue bit him, and now the statue will, will, the, the statue is now turning into a demon and will now hunt him down until it consumes him. Yeah, so the statue was actually a demon that was, like... What's the word? Dormant. Mm, that's a good one. And so since he fed it, it will. it's now alive. And what it will do is that it will keep growing bigger until it eats him. When that's like case it returns to its dormant when, state. Then, and then it becomes a stone statue again. And so basically 
it's a death sentence. Well, it is a death sentence for Seth because the the demon, which is called Olok the Glutton, will continue to get bigger and eat things until it can eat him. And they're like, well, the Sphinx is like, well, you cannot leave Fablehaven anymore because that is the safest place for you because Olok should not be able to get into Fablehaven. Which, but. but then in chapter 10, we find out that somehow Olok the Glutton has gotten into Fablehaven and he almost eats Seth. Oh, so basically in this chapter, we're, okay, I guess, yeah, we've pretty much exhausted yeah. the Sphinx. Um, it's revealed that... Well, not revealed. Like, so in the next chapter, Seth goes and start. He wants to start his business. Yeah. So he's got all of his size C batteries ready. He leaves a note for the satyrs, and they leave a note for him instructing him on where to go. So he leaves the yard, which doesn't seem to be as frowned upon anymore. Uh, like he kind of like sneaks out. He kind of <laughs> got the he got the green flag more or less from grandma. Grandma's like, okay, you can yeah. trade with them. I don't think she knew. What she happened. didn't. She still doesn't want to leave the yard though. Mm. But yeah, so he's able to leave. It's just I don't think it's quite as taboo. But yeah. And so he leaves the yard, goes and meets the satyrs, helps ref their um, their um, tennis game. And as they're negotiating for the batteries, um, like Seth's getting ready to leave, and boom, Olaf the Glutton, which is basically a giant frog the size of a pony. With a bunch of tongues. With a ton of tongues. Which, can I say the front of the book? I never realized that those were his tongues. Oh, I really? thought it was just like wisps of, wisps of smoke. If you look at the front oh. cover, it has like Olok. the OG front cover. Yeah, the OG. I don't think the reprints have it. Maybe, yeah. It has like the little frog statue with Olok in the background. Yes. And it has like these blue things coming out of Olok's mouth. These and blue I, swirly things. And I totally thought those were just like wisps of smoke, like oh, the really? <laughs> creepy. But I was as I was reading this most recently, I was like, wait, no, those are supposed to be his tongues. Yeah, those are his tongues. <laughs> yeah. So, first off, good on Seth. Good on Doolin. New- Newell and Doran for defending Seth. Yeah. They, they like threw themselves in between him and the demon. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Seth is currently their only supplier of batteries. But they're also like friends now. Like, yeah. They're being, they're becoming like good friends. Yeah. So, I mean, like, Seth, the, I mean, Newell and Doran are kind of like, you don't want to count on them to like come like in the middle of the night and get you from a party. But like, <laughs> no, like if you're with them and you need them to like have your back in a fight, they'll be there for you. Well, also when Olak shows up, Newell says for batteries, Newell yeah. cried intercepting the glutton in midair. <laughs> so like, it's kind of a funny war cry, <laughs> but like, they're also like trying hard to like help Seth. Also, Olak at this point is very, he's not as, at his like, yeah, he says like the size of a pony, which is, you know, not terribly big, but still kind Depends of on the pony. Still kind of terrifying though, because it's Are we you know Shetland. Or? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then Hugo comes running and say, well, like tosses the demon off into the into the woods and like picks up Seth and runs back to the the yard where I think Grandma and Grandpa and Kendra all are like. Uh, what's up going on with you, Seth? (laughs) Like, we heard the roaring, you were gone, we put two and two together. Yeah. (laughs) But I also, like, quick backtrack, when, like, Hugo was, like, because Hugo grabbed the tongues and started throwing around. Yeah. Loki, I went to, um, oh, um, Chamber of Secrets, uh, denoming the garden at the Weasleys. Oh. (laughs) You twirl (laughs) them over their head and toss them over the head. Yeah. It was basically that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, so now Seth is grounded. 
Mm-hmm. I love how that's how the section ends. Like, yeah. What are we going to do? Well, for starters, Seth, you're grounded. You are officially grounded. <laughs> and he's like, well, I shouldn't leave the yard anyway, so. <laughs> like, for once, this is actually pretty decent, like, motivation. Like, yeah, you leave, for you die. Not, not going in the woods. Like, you literally cannot leave the yard or else you will get consumed by Olak. Okay, of the four characters that we've met during this chapter and a little bit, this section and a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. Vanessa, Tanu, Coulter, and the Sphinx. Who is your favorite? Which one is my favorite? That's an easy answer for me. I think it's Tanu. I knew it. Because he's Samoan. I knew you were I have a little bit of Polynesian blood in me, so of course I'm going to say the Samoan, the other Mm -hmm. Polynesian. Tanu's just cool. He's chill. Mm Mm-hmm. Vanessa's pretty sick, too. She I go with Vanessa just because she's so competent. Yes. yes. Like, she just exudes that air of just, like, I'm going to get this crap she done. She is a strong, independent woman, and she can do whatever she can yeah. on her own. And I really like that we never really see, like, her and Coulter have any difficulties. True. Because, like, they're both very sure, like, Coulter can't do anything. Like, he's not going to prevent her from doing something. He may treat her a little bit differently, but she is so sure of who she is, that doesn't bug her. Yeah. We aspire to be... I mean, the... he does get annoyed about, he's like, her creatures. Like, he's <laughs> just kind of, like, grumbling about it. But again... That's crotchety old crotchety man. Crotchety old man. Right? That's that's why I pinned him as a crotchety old man. Yeah. So, yeah. I, just, I like Vanessa just for her competence and, like, yeah. confidence. And then the Sphinx is just interesting just because... There's a lot of mystery behind him. He gives him. a lot of you don't background, know, too, about, like, yeah. Zizek's and all that. Yeah, like, you don't know where he comes from, really. There's, like, always been mystery about him, and you're like, who is this guy, and why does he know everything? <laughs> like, <sighs> Why does he take one look at me and know my entire life story? <laughs> Any good other lines that we didn't mention? Sethisms or otherwise? I just loved the... Um, just let me take off my shoes next time. Yeah. Comment. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, got it. Um, So Grandma's taking them through the dungeon. She's like, this hall leads to the Hall of Dread. Uh, we don't ever open it. The prisoners don't need food. Like, we just don't even go near there. And, like, as they continue down the hall, Seth's eyes, eyes lingered on the door. Don't even think about it, Kendra <laughs> whispered. What? Seth says. I'm dumb, not stupid. <laughs> That's a good one. Seth is like, oh, uh, secret little File and place. Safe. And Kendra's like, no, nope. I know what you're thinking. Nope. I also love, like, it's also a bit, like, addressed. Like, Seth's mistakes have not been glossed over. Yeah. Like, at the very beginning, it was like, Grandpa's like, I'm taking a risk just allowing you back here. I just want you to know that, Seth. And so, like, and Seth's like, I promise I learned my lesson. Or at least... More or less. <laughs> More or less, yeah. <laughs> like, he's still going to be dumb, but he's not going to be stupid. So, right when they get to Fablehaven and they're, like, getting ready for bed, um, Seth, like, looks out the window, and he walked over to the window. There's a lot of fairies out tonight. I bet, they're hap- I bet they'll be happy to see you again, Kendra said. <laughs> they forgave me, he said. We're friends now. So funny. She's like, oh, I bet they'll be happy to see you again. <laughs> Kendra's a lot more sassy, I feel like, right now. Yeah. I think it's the confidence she gained yeah. over the past year. She's like a lot more sassy. Year really I love her it. Out, and I, I am, love it. I'm here for. I am here for sassy Kendra. Like she's like take give it back to Seth. <laughs> like I really love. Like she's still like it's still Kendra, but she's like a bit more forward, 
like she's like, hey, I don't want to be told what I can't can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna make sure my brother's safe, and I don't care what I have to do to do it. Yeah, just like stuff like that. She's just making sure, and she's just very much more confident and sure of herself, which I think is part of the reason her and her and Vanessa get along so well. Yeah, like at the like when Seth is off watching a buffalo be devoured with Colter. Um, yes, um, like Kendra's kind of airing some of these grievances she has, and, and Vanessa's just there listening. She's like, "Yeah, I get it." And like she just kind of like she's like here let's get let's do something for justice girls yeah gives her like this little another like, secret yeah another secret yes so many secrets yep but yeah like a little like like the equivalent of um, invisible ink yeah like wax crayons yeah it's called like an umite wax and an umite candle you can only yeah. see the wax and the light of a candle made of the same wax mm-hmm. and Super so cool. yeah Vanessa's like this will work on anything so we're pen pals yeah she's like I might leave you a secret message anywhere so be prepared I don't think we have anything else to yeah. add for this episode just you... a lot of secrets a lot of mystery and speaking of which we're probably gonna have to cut out like 10 minutes of this because we did just yeah, go up this... on like several tangents yeah. that were either spoilers or that's, totally off topic that's fine <laughs> yeah it's okay yeah this is our time to hang out and so yeah, sometimes if you guys ever just... want to hear us talk about other fandoms let us know and we'll we make are, a random episode for we are very people educated who want to talk about that on certain th- on certain topics of Star Wars, Star Wars Marvel, Marvel, Avatar The Last Airbender, Harry Potter, Harry Potter Lord of the Rings, you, Lord of the I. Rings, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's you. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so thanks guys for listening to this episode today. We'll catch you next week. I think we'll do another episode talking about yes. the this book. We'll, we'll, we're trying to do four episodes per that's, book, pretty it, much. It kind of how it works out, yeah. so... We'll get to some really exciting parts for next week, so uh-huh. that'll be fun. Answers to questions, more secrets, more intrigue. Do we get any secrets revealed? No, never mind. No, yes, yes. there are. <laughs> some. I'll say that. Yes. But so it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be good. So mm-hmm. tune in tune in next week for our next episode. And until then, thank you for listening to the Knights of the Dawn podcast. We appreciate the time you take to listen and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel or just, you know, send us any emails. If you have any comments you want to send us, either go comment on our YouTube videos or email us at Podcast at gmail.com. And share this podcast with a friend. If you know anyone that also likes Fablehaven or likes any of other Brandon Mills books, we'll get to all of them eventually, <laughs> eventually. in the future. It will happen. And let us know if there's anything you want to hear from us, any theories you have, any little questions that you want us to answer. We're open to anything as long as it's connected to Brandon Mole's books in any way. We're well, down to we'll talk do about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, I'm Jessica. And I'm Megan. Have a great day. See ya. See ya.